I am Alon Ben-Mir, and this is On the Issues. My guest today is Ambassador Tuta Sahakia, Consul General of the Republic of Kosovo in New York. Prior to her appointment as Consul General, she was a parliamentarian in Kosovo's assembly and has a professional and academic background electronic engineering. You can find her full bio on the page of this episode. I was asking about what is the prospect of Kosovo becoming a, a state, I mean, officially in the United Nations as a, as a member state. Uh, we are waiting for uh, increasing the number of recognitions. Up to now, Kosovo is recognized by 114 yes, countries. Yes. It's more than half of uh, countries. It's about 60% of countries right. who recognize Republic of Kosovo. But uh, we are still uh, working to increase the number. And we are planning to have 120 up to 130 and then apply to membership to United Nations. We have been also suggested uh, from uh, many members of UN to apply for observer mission, but we think that uh, up to now, we are discussing these both possibilities, but up to now, in the meantime, we are working to, when we apply, to apply for full membership and not only for observer right. membership. Now, who, who, is the, who is the main obstacle to a full membership? Uh, what country or countries for that matter? The obstacle is that uh, we need to pass the Security Council. Security Council need to approve so, uh, of the Of the five candidacy. members, of the five permanent members. Yes. Who is against it? Uh, we assume that there might be from Russia obstacle, although we never, uh, never applied. So, in fact, we do not know uh, whether Russia will oppose or not. But in the meantime, we are uh, having a goal to achieve the greatest, biggest number, bigger number of recognition so, and then to apply. I see. But what is the reason? I mean, 114 is a lot. Many it countries. Is, indeed. Yeah, I mean, so why haven't you applied? That's the question. If you're not sure, are you, you're not certain about the Russian position. No, right? we are not certain. There was no back channels to find out if they are already willing? Officially, we do not know that. I see. But do you know? Uh, officially, we do not know that, <laughs> but uh, our plan is first to go with a bigger number of recognition, uh -huh. and then when we apply, to apply with a certain security that we will pass that without any obstacles. In the meantime, we have other goals. Goal to apply for UNESCO, for Interpol, and for some other agencies of UN and some other international organization, and then to have the portfolio that is much stronger as a, as a state than to apply. So what's the, what's the position of this administration, um, of, the, of the Trump administration in this regard? Trump administration in regard of recognition of Kosovo is very strong for our recognition. And I want to thank Ambassador Haley, uh, that in each and every uh, session of Security Council, when uh, there is a discussion about UNMIC report, she or representative of U.S. 
always called for recognition of Kosovo from other countries and for membership of Kosovo in United Nations. Right, so, right. Uh, in regard of uh, Kosovo becoming a member of UN or raising the number of recognition, the administration, current administration, do not have any differences from other administrations. It's but in the same strong. token, you do have a majority in the General Assembly. In General Assembly, if it's some 114 out of roughly, majority, we have, yes, majority, have majority, majority. But uh, before going to General Assembly, Security Council is the the organization who have to approve that also. But the General Assembly can uh, bestow observer status. But you don't want the observer status. We are still in discussion whether to apply for observer status. Okay. Observer status can be achieved much easier, but uh, we are still thinking and working on that to decide uh -huh. what is best. For the meantime, we think that we should, when we apply, we should apply for full membership. I see. Okay, I mean, I know sometimes like an intermediate step is to get observer status. We are already halfway there, <laughs> and then uh, there are but, some countries who are in a halfway for twenty-five years. Yeah, so I know that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. So, as far as just one more question about this, as far as you know, Britain, France, China, are in, would support Kosovo membership. Uh, Britain, France, uh, US, have, oh, yes, P3, or P3 is... Uh, so the only strong. uncertainty is Russia, as far as you're concerned. We officially do not know that, but <laughs> according to uh, sessions of Security Council, when uh, there is a report of UNMIC, we can see the stand of Russia uh, that uh, still need to be evaluated. Right, right, yeah. I suppose, you know, once the U.S.-Russian relations is restored to some kind of normalcy, which is really crazy right now, <laughs> we, uh, there may be some discussion. We do not have anything against, and we believe strongly that Russia do not have anything against Kosovo. And uh, I have to remind also that uh, when uh, uh, U.N. designated Marty Ahtisari for representative to draft the status the future status of Kosovo, Russia was the one who collaborated very strongly in uh, drafting uh, this report. And as you know, this report uh, of uh, Marty Artisari, of uh, President Marty Artisari, was immediately translated to our constitution. Mm -hmm. So I think that Russia also has a great of uh, contribution in uh, drafting our constitution, in drafting this, but in the, at the very latest moment, um, Russia, Serbia, and some of our state didn't vote for uh, that document. But their work is incorporated in our laws, in our constitution, and from the constitution. But, but obviously, other. Serbia is the main antagonist or the main opponent. I know the relationship is being imp it's improving to some extent, but it remains uh, the. the, the remain the main uh, obstacle, wouldn't you say? Definitely. Uh, before uh, commenting more to difficulties, I would like to state that there are more than 30 agreements that we reached in dialogue with Serbia. Yeah. We have integrated border management uh, that control the mutual border 
between Kosovo and Serbia. We have liaison offices in Pristina and in Belgrade that is in ambassadorial level. We have agreement for free movement, agreement about recognition of car plates, agreement about recognition of uh, diplomas. We have agreement with Serbia about telecom and as a result, now Kosovo from March have its own telephony number in ITU. We are in uh, vicinity to achieve agreement about energy. So there are a lot but of not agreements. Yet recognition. But uh, I think that recognition will have to wait. But in the meantime, uh, I have to state that Serbia, although we are in dialogue, although we are neighbors, and uh, there is a strong commitment for continuing the dialogue and being together in European Union, Serbia is still uh, with one leg is in a previous century and uh, making a lot of obstacles for Kosovo to become member of uh, different organizations or to toward recognition. Yeah. That I think, uh, in one hand, is damaging Kosovo, of course, because it's slowing the pace of Kosovo. Mm -hmm. But in other hand, I think that uh, uh, Serbia's from president to institution do not have enough strength to move forward from Milosevic era's mentality and to move with both legs toward European Union uh, values of good neighborhood, values of peace and other. And I think that uh, this lack of strength from the uh, institution of Serbia is in fact long-term damaging exactly the Serbia's youth and uh, people. This is, uh, yeah, absolutely. But so what is right now the main objection of Serbia? I mean, sooner or later, I don't think they expect Kosovo to go back to before the war. That's not going to happen. Of course, it will never happen. So, so it will never happen. So what, what it is, it's, I guess it's similar to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, you might say. They know they're stuck. They know they have to recognize each other, but they haven't, even after 70 years. Do we expect something along these lines between Kosovo and uh, Serbia? I mean, what is the main objection that the Serbia has today, given what you just said? In 30 different areas, there is a great deal of cooperation. Yes. It is improvement. So what is, how do you identify the main, what it is that Serbia would like to, have, to see happen, other than other demanding reunification? I don't think that uh, even the biggest uh, dreamer in Serbia can dream that Kosovo will join Serbia ever. But I think that there is a lack of strength of uh, leadership in Serbia to tell the truth to its people that Kosovo is gone and let's move forward. But uh, you mentioned the relationship between Israeli and Palestine and Palestine. I think that there is a, a very big difference. Oh, of course. In, uh, of course. Between Serbia and Kosovo. We are under the dialogue, under the European Union umbrella, the dialogue for normalization of relations between these two states. And uh, the other thing that is different from Israeli and Palestine is that both countries are working very hard to one day to become the member of European Union. And I think that the membership in European Union is that strong bond and strong interest of both countries. 
that we strongly believe that will overcome the differences and animosities uh, that uh, Kosovo and Serbia have. In fact, Kosovo does not have anything against Serbia, and uh, we consider Serbia as our neighbor as it is, and we are for normalization of relations, because if it will not occur, then none of states can progress toward European Union. That's the difference, and that's the beauty of, uh, of this relation, that have a hope, they have idea and have means how to achieve normalization and through normalization to benefit both countries becoming but, a member of European yeah, Union. But, but in this regard, when you talk about the EU, now if there is any kind of direct or indirect discussion with the EU about potential membership in the EU, don't you think the EU can play a role at this inducement saying to Albania to... Uh, to Kosovo, as well as to, um, not Albania, what am I saying? Serbia, I mean. Being that Kosovo and Serbia would want to have that kind of membership, don't you think the EU can play the self inducing Serbia and, and Kosovo to say, look, if you manage your affairs, you recognize one another, then the door will be wider open in terms of membership in the EU. Was this kind of discussion taking place? Uh, this discussion is not uh, very explicitly uh, said, but implicitly it was uh, mentioned many times, especially some of ambassadors uh, of Germany um, and high officials of Germany were very frank, saying that Serbia will become a member of European Union when recognized Kosovo. But in the meantime, since we are still in a progress, I think that uh, this issue that should be the top issue at the end of this process can wait. So in the meantime, it is important to normalize relations, to achieve as many agreements as we can, to strengthen our borders, to cooperate in different areas. And when it comes, and it will take some years to complete membership in European Union, that at the end, I think that... Uh, uh, Europe do not have any interest to import any kind of conflict, of problem, of unsolved well, of situation. Course not, of course so that's why yeah. we believe that European Union has that possibility to help not only Kosovo and Serbia to straighten uh, their relations, but also to be clear that none of previous conflicts can enter to European Union. Right. Now, what, what are... You know, there are a number of chapters, 35 different chapters to be admitted to the EU. What is the kind of progress Kosovo is making to meet, without dealing as yet with Serbia, to meet the European standards? Do you feel that if there will be negotiation were to start today, commence today, between the EU and Kosovo, how many of these chapters do you think they will have been easily met? Yeah. Oh, thank you for this uh, question. Uh, Kosovo, immediately after the war, started with uh, new laws that was under the administration of uh, UN up to 2008. And after 2008, many of these so-called regulations were turned to laws of uh, Republic of Kosovo. And being a former member of uh, Parliament of Kosovo, I know that uh, 
each and every law had to pass compatibility with acquis communautaire or now with acquis of uh, European Union. Right. So before entering to force, it passed several uh, stages of control. First was a control within the government and Ministry of European Integration who check whether this certain law is meeting directives of European Union. And when that law came to Parliament, then Committee on European Integration, that I was, uh, my previous job was uh, right, as a chair right, yeah. of European Union Committee, had the duty to check whether each and every amendment or the articles of the certain law is meeting the European Union regulative. Standard, yes. So all our laws are in fact compatible with a key of European Union. This is one of uh, security that uh, the legislation is compatible. Another thing that is that uh, we are cooperating very heavily with uh, uh, European Union uh, mission who is in uh, in Kosovo in Pristina and with EULAX, the biggest ever European Union law mission anywhere in the world. And yeah, but there is no ambassador of the EU in Pristina. Is there an ambassador yes. of the yes. full-fledged ambassador? Yeah, uh, it is a mission. It's a mission. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it is ambassador in ambassadorial level, and. Uh, what is uh, important is that in rule of law, in uh, economic development, in uh, cultural heritage, in education, in women empowerment, and in many other fields, European Union is heavily involved with government of Kosovo, with NGO sector, with other organizations, very closely working with parliament, that also secure that in all uh, fields, Kosovo is preparing itself, so when it comes time for application, I think that many of chapters will be automatically met since we are working together from... Uh, so, so, so you might say then that uh, this, the process albeit has started, albeit not officially. Yes. So there is a process going, trying to meet all the EU requirements. Now, to what extent... My understanding that Turkey has a problem with that. What do you think the Turkish position on the Kosovo's membership in the EU, when in fact the, Turkey does not have that, no longer is really considered a viable uh, candidate for membership? Is there any kind of uh, exchange, conflict with Turkey in this regard? The Republic of Kosovo and Turkey does not have any issue in relation with European Union that can put in conflict these two countries. I think that in relation to no, European Union... But the bilateral Union, relations between Kosovo and Turkey. Bilateral relations between Kosovo and Turkey are uh, good relations in uh, economy, are good relations in uh, education, in many fields. But uh, when it comes to European Union, I think that both countries have distinctive, uh, different paths toward European Union. Yeah. We are in a dialogue with Serbia. Uh, in 2015, we signed the agreement for stabilization and association that brought Kosovo one step further and helping Kosovo's economy to be more compatible to European Union economy. And so I don't think that uh, we can 
talk about uh, any kind of conflict that these two countries yeah, have because I, I, of the European Union. I'm just not sure because I looked at the list. Has Turkey recognized Kosovo? Uh, one of firsts. It did recognize Kosovo yes. earlier on. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So in that regard, there is no no specific uh, issue of concern no. between the two countries. Right. No. Right. Now, um, you know, last time we, we spoke about um, the internal conditions in Kosovo itself. And um, I must tell you, I learned a great deal from you because I had different, in, in certain areas, I have different kind of impression. Uh, but I'd like to revisit some of these issues, you know, uh, in terms of how the Kosovo government is dealing with radicalization. Uh, what are the steps that have been taken in the last a few years, say, from the time ISIS came to, to being. What are some of the specific steps that the Kosovo government has taken in order to mitigate the phenomena of radicalization from within uh, the, the country itself? Yes. I think that uh, the radicalization is not domestic issue of Kosovo. Unfortunately, it is... Uh, a global issue that tackled all world and uh, unfortunately there have been uh, many attacks we saw in Manchester in uh, in Britain in uh, Germany in Paris in Nice and in many countries i cannot say we are fortunate because it's not fortunate being uh, to see that happening somewhere else but in Kosovo never happened any kind of these attacks in uh, Kosovo, it started with some after the after the war. Uh, we were not even aware about uh, the influence that uh, certain NGOs from East that came after the war that they can have that impact. So uh, slowly, as in many other countries, these uh, NGOs started to grow the number of uh, people and start to have the influence. But uh, I think that uh, our government and before government society, NGO sector, and I have to say also the parliamentarians were those who raised the voice early. They raised the voice in 2011, in 2012. It was also myself and my uh, my fellow parliamentarians, especially women, who raised their voice and asked government to be more aware about this phenomena. And fortunately, this phenomena has been taken very seriously. In 2015, Parliament passed the law that prohibits Kosovar citizens to participate in foreign wars. To tell the truth, I was also the member of Parliament and I voted happily for that uh, law. I didn't think that this law can stop people who want to participate no, in... No, it didn't stop. But <clears throat> after that, after this law passed, there were zero members of parliament, of uh, zero uh, citizens of Kosovo who went to foreign wars. There were yeah, people yeah. who returned. So this was only one uh, mean uh, to, to tackle this issue. Another was to freeze the funds 
from those NGOs who were supporting uh, mm -hmm. young people of Kosovo to go to foreign wars. There were some imams who have been expelled out of uh, borders of Kosovo, and those who were Kosovo citizens were imprisoned. Uh, then Kosovo became a member of a global alliance anti-ISIS. Uh, another issue is that the government took a series seri of uh, actions to work in rehabilitation of those who are returning. I was going to ask you about that, yes. In education, mm -hmm. in curricula, in uh, helping also NGO sector to tackle and to work with youth to prevent radicalization of uh, young people. Uh, another thing that is also important for Kosovo and who might have been one of reasons who uh, who caused these young people to think about foreign wars was also that Kosovo is still the only country in European uh, continent that do not have a visa liberalization. And uh, not being able to travel, to see, to exchange views. And uh, with our passport, being able only to travel to Albania and Turkey and East was also one of issues that might uh, cause uh, these young people to look toward East. But all these issues have been tackled and uh, we are strongly working first in prevention. Our police in, uh, uh, was declared as the best police in the region. Alliance anti-ISIS and other measures are measures for preventing but uh, this is or stopping, but this is not the only one. Another long term and most important is working in education, working in economic development that will uh, provide the work, the job for people and not allowing them to uh, their uh, unhappiness to mm -hmm. turn there to look toward East uh, and other. So these are some of the measures uh, that our government but what is good, it's not only governmental issues. The civil society is involved in this yes, process. Yes, very now, To the best of your knowledge, in recent months, are there any Kosovars who actually went nevertheless and joined other articles, be that ISIS, Al-Qaeda or other? Up to 2015, there were 300 and something Kosovars who went. And right. unfortunately, that served to many to to use this political mathematics and to declare Kosovo with the highest number of people who went there. In, 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 yeah, but well, in, if relative, we use, in relative terms. Yes, of yeah, course. And with terms. a two million population, course, you yeah. cannot play with uh, political mathematics. If we use another mathematics, we can say that from 2015, Kosovo is a country that has zero person per capita who went to right, foreign so wars. How many of the 300 men came back? I can find uh, that uh, number and... Uh, I mean, roughly, to the best of your knowledge. Uh, I can see here that there are still 60 or 70 Kosovars still involved there. 50 were reported to have been killed. The rest are reported to have returned to Kosovo or have fled to Turkey and other countries. But how many so, of them actually came to Kosovo, been identified and went through process of rehabilitation, because you talk about rehabilitation. Yes. Because I'm very interested in, this, in the kind of process. That is, if you identify 10, 20, 30, or 40 who actually came back, that were identified, 
how many of them have been identified and went through rehabilitation process? Uh, I cannot say the exact number, although I can uh, find and provide you with that. But I think that uh, the importance is not priority of uh, working toward this number, whether they are 50 or 100 or I don't know. I think the, the biggest importance is to work to prevent others oh, absolutely. to think yeah. and yeah. to go there. Because working with those who have been returned is like working with somebody who is ill and you try to cure. But more important is not to allow others to be influenced or to think about that. But, but and sometimes. in this manner, I think that Kosovo's government and institution and NGO sector are really doing a great job. Yeah. But you know, sometimes uh, a rehabilitated individual could in fact become a role model for others. That's and right. prevent them from see because he or she can say, "I was there. Yes. I seen the misery. I see what ISIS is all about, and I must tell you, this is the wrong thing to do." Did you have that kind of experience yes, of rehabilitated definitely. people who met other young Kosovo and said to them, "This is the wrong thing to do, and this is we can share with you our own experiences." Did you have that kind of? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, you can find a. Uh, uh, number of uh, declaration from people who have been there, who return, and who are telling about time that they spent, about uh, the atrocities, about uh, them being, in fact, uh, uh, that uh, they were not being able to know where they were going. And now, now they came and uh, they are totally against uh, what happened there and uh, telling to other young people that it is not the, the good thing to go That's there right, because yeah. they had a very bad time. Right. There were also some women who went there with children and fortunately they are now back. And our media was full of these stories yeah, uh -huh. telling people not to go because it is not good, it is not our fight, it is not values that we are sharing among ourselves. Yeah, no, this is, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to hear this. I wanted to ask you, though, the kind of counter-narrative that Kosovars are engaging to counter the narrative of the Islamists, various Islamic groups, the radicals, what sort of narrative, I mean, is there a concerted effort on the part of the Kosovo government to counter the narrative of the extremists in any systematic way? Uh, definitely, and... Uh um, when we are talking about extremism, I think that uh, telling that Islamic extremism or any kind of extremism is something that uh, goes and helps those extremists. Because Islam and the religion, in fact, was hijacked and used as a base, as a big, huge base where it was implanted, uh, this uh, violence, using that, uh, that huge base of people. But uh, in none of religion, uh, violence is something that, uh, uh, that any religion asks or any religion yeah. Uh, yeah. made, yeah. because the, extremists are extremists, terrorists yeah. are terrorists. The, here, what I, my point is that you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm the first one I would say, Islam is, is a peaceful religion. Islam does not promote violence. 
what is the perception, this international perception, you might say, that given that all this violence, I do not subscribe to that. I'm just suggesting to you what the perception is. Given that much of this violence is occurring in Arab countries, between Arab states, between Muslim states, Muslim against Muslim, Muslim against European. So the perception is that it's very easy to associate now my Islam with violence. Because the majority of these incidents, this violence is taking place within or within its Muslim communities and outside, between Muslim and outside communities. So what I thought it was missing all along is that whereas you can actually produce counter-narrative to deal with what the Islamists like ISIS is preaching, this is necessary and need to be done, and I guess the Kosovo government is doing that. But I hear very little in terms of religious scholars, imams, who actually talk about the issue outside ISIS, what ISIS is doing or not doing, but to separate Islam from violence, that is to, to explain, that to change the perception. This is a need, it's in my view, this is what is a, uh, plaguing uh, and what is further uh, entrenching the belief that Islam is violent uh, religion is that no one, very few at least to say, other than denying, saying, no, Islam is not violent, but there is no concerted pub major public relation campaign to explain where Islam in fact stands on these various issues outside what ISIS, Al-Qaeda, and other are preaching. Where do you see that? Don't you think this kind of effort is necessary? And, if, and who can do that? Who's doing that? I agree totally with that. And I'm happy to tell that uh, this issue is uh, tackled from the uh, scholars, Islamic scholars, and from the Islam Association of Kosovo, from Mufti Ternava. And I have to mention very respected scholar Jabir Hamiti uh, and others who are telling this. Maybe they are not, and I'm sure they are not doing enough in PR, in public relation, to tell that. But I know that they have a lot of followers and regularly they preach that what has been done has nothing to do with Islam. And this a terrorist or the terrorist and there are no religion between terrorists but um, uh, since we are talking about Kosovo I have to say that uh, Kosovo has 90% uh, of Albanian uh, population and what is interesting uh, within Albanian population is that Albanians have three religions mm -hmm. it is Islam it's Orthodox and Catholic yeah. Albanians and in our history, in, in our national identity is uh, that first comes identity, then comes uh, religion. And we consider each other brothers and sisters, regardless the religion that we belong. But the majority in Kosovo, relative majority, are Muslims. It doesn't change anything. No, no, I, I know, because I, I subscribe to what you just say. But I'm just, in terms of just the reality itself, would you say that, I mean, I, I think, I believe that the Muslims are a majority, nevertheless, in Kosovo. Isn't this the case? 
It is the case, yeah. but uh, I think that in Kosovo and in Albania also, because we are the same population, we must be aware of this very high value that we share, and that's religious harmony that we have in Kosovo. Yes, when yes. we have the graveyards that uh, Muslims and Christians are buried together, that we have church and mosque that are in the same compound, that we go to each other uh, celebrations. And uh, I have also to mention that during the war, when uh, most of uh, us were expelled out of our houses, myself and my family included, we stayed for 10 days in a Catholic uh, village. Mm -hmm. And all of us, all of uh, people, I know that uh, myself, my family and 300 others were at the same house, at the same Catholic house. And uh, there were no difference, no looking to each other as enemies and other. I'm very proud of this value that my nation share uh, between each other and I strongly believe that this is also not only governmental issue but this is also the issue of population that will not tolerate uh, any kind of violence between uh, religions because that does not exist in our history. I, I think it's a great, I, I would have liked to see Kosovo take the charge, take the lead and say it's time <laughs> It's time to begin to have a major, almost like a global campaign, to disabuse those millions and that ten hundreds of millions of people, especially in the Western Hemisphere and elsewhere, who believe that, who equate, as I said, Islam and religion and violence as if they were one and the same, and begin that kind of campaign to explain, no, that is not the case. The fact that there are so much violence within the Muslim uh, world within the Arab world, and be, from the and the and the Muslim who come from these lands, and terrorizing others in the West and elsewhere, these are this is a perception, and that is in terms of the extent of it. But the truth of the matter is that the two are not one and the same, and there is some kind of a global campaign, and I think it's necessary to begin, and maybe perhaps Kosovo will be the best candidate. <laughs> I agree totally, and uh, I want to use this opportunity also to tell that uh, during the Second World War, Albanians were those in Kosovo and in Albania, those who saved thousands of Jews, and uh, they were inside the houses, being as a member of houses, uh, there was not even a single case when uh, Albanian families went and told to uh, Nazis and to others that yes, we have in our family, or yes, we we so we know that a Jew is there. So I think that uh, this is one more argument telling that between Albanians who are majority, uh, there are no animosity between religions, but it is a respect whether they are. Uh, Orthodox or Catholic or Jews or Muslims, they are all brothers. I have to tell you, if you go to Kosovo also, to visit some places, to visit where I live in Jakova, where there are the same families with the same surname, where half of family is Catholic, another half of family is Muslim, they are always together in uh, celebration, in mm. everyday living, 
they are buried together in a graveyard and other. Yeah. And I agree totally with you. Kosovo can be used as one bright spot, as uh, the the sweet generis that can tell its story. Are we good in PR? I don't think so. I think that we are very bad in PR, and a lot of good uh, developments well, that happened I mean, you know? <laughs> was not uh, show to to to, right. to the world as it should be. That's a great. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you would like to let me know? Yes, of course. I would like also to to tell you, as we talked earlier, that uh, during these recent years, Kosovo achieved four uh, percent of GDP, uh, raised its budget for more than twenty percent, unemployment went down for nine percent. Uh, we raised for thirty-four places up in indicators of World Bank for doing business. From IMF, from World Bank, and from many uh, renowned international organizations, there are very good words telling that Kosovo is prospering in economic development. And that immediately can be translated to more jobs and to less space for young people to be unhappy or to look toward uh, negative uh, actions or negative issues rather than to be a valuable part of society. Who, who is the, the largest donor in terms of financial aid to Kosovo at this point? The, the donors are European Union, European is Union. the biggest. How about the United States? Uh, USAID was, uh, did a, a great, incredible job uh-huh. in uh, promoting business, in uh, raising the quality of our products. And I must say that after uh, signing the Stabilization Association Agreement, the consumer market of 400 million consumers in European Union was immediately open. And USAID worked immediately after the war, up to now, to increase the quality of our products. And 95% of raspberries and other berries in our agricultural products are exporting to European Union. That is a clear sign that the quality standards of our producer are met. And I cannot forget to mention that USID had a crucial role in this. Tell me, are you accepting any money from the Gulf states without preconditions? I'm not aware of that. I mean, are they not offering any financial aid like Saudis, Uh, Qataris, uh, Abu Dhabi? uh, There was some isolated. uh, It was a building of a, a hospital, of pediatric hospital, where our former president, Atifete Yahyaga, through, through her engagement, uh, took $20 million for building the hospital. After the war, there were also some uh, medical in Vushtri, some medical aids and other, but I'm not aware about more. So, you are, uh, generally speaking, you are enjoying good relations, uh, relationship, diplomatic and otherwise, with the Gulf state, with other Arab countries. We have good relation with every state. We would like to extend our good relation also to Israel, to Russia, to China, to Romania. Just one question about Israel, because this is very interesting to me, that um, what is the problem? Why is there is no, Israel did not recognize uh, Kosovo to this time? I don't think that there is any of issue. Uh, Kosovo was not recognized neither from Israel nor from Palestine. And it's really odd 
uh, in fact uh, we uh, cherish and we work very heavily to establish the very good relation with Israeli but up to now it's still in a waiting phase we are very near to establish one economic uh, office as a liaison office in Israel, yes, but yeah. it's still ongoing process. Yeah. We would very much like, and we worked very hard to have a diplomatic relation, to be recognized, recognized from Israel, and to continue our good relation. We never had any kind of obstacles, no, any kind should, of problem. No, there shouldn't have been, in fact, any. I mean, and I expect I, I would Israeli li- I would, to, to recognize I, Kosovo. I, I am going to try to ex- explore that. And see, maybe we can we can be of help. Thank you so much. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I think it was wonderful hearing you, and and uh, I think it will be very useful, very important. I want to thank you for giving a space and telling a little bit about Kosovo's story. I think that Kosovo is really one bright spot. It's important, not only in geography yeah. but also in culture, in education in mutual relation and thank you so much for giving us space. No, it's, it's a pleasure, it's mine, because you see what people hear now, it's not really common knowledge. That is why it's very important that people listen to what's, because, because the perception until now about Kosovo is not what you have just um, uh, eloquently um, stated. So thank you again for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to this episode on the issues. You can find this podcast on my SoundCloud page and stay tuned to my social media accounts for the latest analysis and announcements.